Thank you, Lord, for speaking to us this morning. And we do have a couple things to go over. So let me start with a brief introduction to the young lady who's going to share about an upcoming missions trip. So our granddaughter, Isabella, is going on a missions trip in February with Mount Zion School. Just a little background on Mount Zion. Some people know it. Mount Zion's been established in 2004, so they've been teaching some time. Their motto is equipping students for God's purpose. And they are a non-religious group. So the mission statement I want to share with you. Mount Zion provides academically challenging, Christ-centered community education, equips students with a Christian worldview grounded in the scriptures, which is something that we need to be doing with our children as well. In addition, they are coming alongside so that they have working with parents and with their church to bring about this worldview and understanding so that they do not get caught in the lies and the traps of this world. So Isabella and her younger sister, who is not here, Annabella, who is six, they both go to the school. And it's been fantastic to see how they have been nurtured and so enthusiastic in being in school. So Isabella is going to come up and share with you briefly her upcoming missions meeting or missions trip. And I will hand the mic over to her and let her share with you. Hi, guys. Um, so as you know, I'm Bella. Um, I am a junior now at Mount Zion Christian Schools, and I'm pretty sure it goes from preschool to all the way to high school. So um, I started going there my freshman year, and it has been a huge blessing in my life. Um, but what I wanted to share with you guys today is because I am very excited to share this amazing opportunity that I have to go to the Dominican Republic this February. Um, so our school is actually going to be partnered with an organization called Casas por Cristo, which means Houses for Christ. Um, Houses for Christ partners with local pastors and it helps to spread the gospel by building homes for families in need. Um, and this will be our school's second year partnering with this ministry. And it's actually my first year going, um, my first time going on a missions trip. So pretty exciting. Um, and as the time approaches to head down to the Dominican, we're asking our friends and family to partner in our ministry. And we need to raise about $2,000 per person, which is quite a lot, but um, we're going to be doing that by asking and fundraising. So um, we actually just did a car wash not too long ago, and we raised quite a lot of money. I'm not exactly sure, but it was really good and very helpful. Um, the money goes all to the building materials for the family's new home, and it also covers lodging, food, and travel expenses. Um, and if you would be willing to partner financially for this trip, it would be a huge help and a great blessing to me personally, to our team, and to the family we'll be, be, we will be building a new home for. Um, any amount is actually really helpful, and 
hopefully together we can be a small part of what God is doing to change lives there in the Dominican Republic. Um, thank you for your time and hopefully for considering partnering with me in this incredible opportunity. Well, thank you, Bella. And uh, yes, Harry. What part of the Dominican Republic is it? Manila or what part of? Uh, I'm not exactly what I'm not exactly sure what city. Uh, they went there last year, but I didn't go, um, so I'm not exactly sure. But we will be staying there for like about a week. So. Thank you. How many kids are going, Paul? How many going? How many children? So it goes from eighth grade up to high school. So we have 21 high schoolers, and probably like. Uh, say maybe six or seven eighth graders. So, so it could be 30-ish kids going. So quite a group. But keep in mind, we should pray for the chaperones as well. No, we're We'll still pray for the chaperones. Yes. It will be. It will be a very good time. It just is. Yeah, I could tell you stories. I'm not going to. Hey. <laughs> it's all good. So, yes, we do, for your consideration, if you would like to contribute, you may do it online. Just note on there, Mount Zion. Or there's actually handout baskets in the back if you want to drop something in as well. So anything you can do would be appreciated. And... You know, that as a family, we're certainly going to be helping out, but we'd like to be able to help others who may be struggling with the funds because the, the school in, its, in and of itself has an expense. So to add that kind of funds coming out of a personal budget for a family could be difficult. So we want to be able to have an opportunity to help them as well. Well... Yes, it is. It's a big, big help, so. Yes, I, not too many of us are prepared to write a $60,000 check. <laughs> but <clears throat> many hands make the work light. <clears throat> Since we started on missions, let's just continue. Kathy, if you'd cue that up. So before going into any of the details, I have been on missions trips, I've shared before. Some of you are not aware of what we've been doing, but that's part of what I, what I want to go through. However, from missionary's heart, it, it is scripturally based. So just to read with you from Romans 12. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and pleasing to God. This is a true and proper worship. So by serving him, it is a testimony to him and worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. 
So that's what we're looking for in, in these areas is, Lord, how do we get your will? How do we hear from you? What, what is our role in this work that you have for us? And certainly, there are not many of us who are called to be full-time missionaries. Yet for those that are called, it's important to recognize them, to pray for them, and to provide the help. Next slide, please. <coughs> uh, Nate requested that I, I wear this, so I'm attempting to do it appropriately the first time. So, so missions. The pastors are Roberto and Celia Santos. Many of you have met both of them. They've been here before. They're missionaries in Malawi and Mozambique. By the way, both countries, their primary language is Portuguese, as they were obviously colonized by the Portuguese. When they started... 32 years ago, the two of them, just married, no resources, none locally, none really coming from Brazil where they came from. They went out on a calling from the Lord, not knowing exactly what was going to happen or what the future looked like. It's a little bit like Sue was talking about in her case, but even broader than that, to go to another country and say, Lord, I want to serve you. Show me what to do. How many of us would say, Lord, but give me the plan. Could you, could you put it in a block diagram form with uh, you know, highlighted segments, you know, section one, two, three, four, and roll it out so I know the five-year plan? You're probably not surprised that's not how the Lord works. So they, they went out there. When we first started speaking with them and they were coming in here, which is about seven years ago now, they had already reached about 600 children that they were putting through school. They established the school and they were feeding these children. Now, sometimes the meals were very basic, perhaps even like a porridge. And yet they kept working at it to the point where they were able to add more food. But to help you understand as well what they were dealing with, these were primarily children whose parent or parents had died from AIDS. And in many cases, the grandparents were raising them. These are poor people. Not poor as you would see in the U.S., but having nothing absolutely nothing. So the meals that they were providing very often was the only meal of the day that these children had. The only meal. So as we ask them some questions is, what's your testimony?
bear with me as I deal with these these allergies. So we said, and they got back to us, how, how has God responded to you? How has he supported you? Currently, they said their expenses run about $8,000 a month. Remember, there is no government support. There's no local support. These are poor people. So they do this by going around and asking for support. As I said, River of Life has supported them for seven years. So they have 8000 in expenses. They know generally that they have 6500 of that covered by donations. The rest of it comes by faith in God. Only in prayer and seeking the Lord that they're able to cover these expenses. Now, they've also done an amazing job in building the infrastructure, in having people coming together. This is, even as we think back on Moses' father-in-law saying, no, you need, you need uh, managers of hundreds and managers of thousands. They've been able to bring in locals and help them come into positions of leadership to be reaching out to the children. Currently, as I said, they have about 1,700 children in the schools. That came from nothing. Over 32 years, with someone that had no infrastructure, no buildings, no support, but only the belief in God that he was going to supply their needs. And he has marvelously. So in addition to the school, several years ago, they were able to set up a medical clinic to be able to serve, to a large degree, pregnant mothers, but also for other needs. They, they provide and build housing, primarily for widows, and we've helped out in some instances. And they've also had wells dug. In fact, we assisted in one of those wells. And I, I don't have this particular video, but there is a video that we have. It shows them dedicating the well and the children pumping the handle, and the smiles on their face just said, my God, this is water. I don't have to have my mother walk down whatever it is, a half a mile, and carry a jug back. I have water here, fresh water. And they're thankful. They're thankful, it says, I now have this basic need for living. Then. They're not worried about their, their, uh, their games. They don't have video games. They don't have television. They don't have cell phones, some may. But they are thankful for the very basics. And in being so thankful, they acknowledge that it's coming from God. So we asked them what their prayer request might be. And I'm sure this was rather difficult for them to even state it. They've said, we need to start thinking about retirement. 
You know, when you go off on your own as a missionary, there's no social security. There's nothing coming from the local governments because they don't support the schools. They don't support any of that. So they're now saying, we need prayer to understand how we can support ourselves in retirement. So I ask you to pray about that. There's people who've devoted 32 years, 32 years serving children, helping them come out of poverty. And now they have to think about how do we live? Where do we go? So pray for them. We'll be in prayer. And Wednesday nights, as we're gathering again right here, we'll keep them in mind. Next. So this is a, a short picture, a quick picture of them. This is from 2014. And uh, th this is generally what they were dealing with. This, this is houses, thatched roof, not even cl closed when they're building houses now. But it says in Thessalonians, as for you, brother and sister, continue doing the good. Never tire of doing what is good. And they have done that. Now, how much more for us? How much more, you know, as David was talking about his, his stuff, how much might that get in the way and deter us from taking on the work that the Lord has for us in our family, locally, wherever we might be. These are examples to us. These are people who have devoted their life. Now, we're not going to saint them, but we're going to say, here's something that we can look at that says, the Lord provides and one of the thoughts is that considering this was, what do you think they go through? When they come and they talk about the wonderful work the Lord has done, and just doing some other reading, missionaries typically don't talk about the difficulties they've run into. You hear about the good things, but they struggle. We can't imagine what it might be like to say, Lord, I don't know if I have enough food to feed my family tomorrow. How much do we have? How much excess do we have? How much, how many times do we just throw away food? But on the other side, I'm remembering when, and this was maybe for the older generation, your parents would say, you have to eat your food because there's children in Africa that don't have enough food. And, you know, the answer was, well, what's that going to do for the children in Africa? But this is something that these missionaries struggle with. And we need to keep them in our prayer. And yet, it's an example that says, are you struggling? The word that came to mind as I was considering what has happened with them is, how many times have they gone on their knees and said, Lord, I'm weary. I am tired. I don't know the answers. We have these needs, but I don't know where it's coming from. We see these children who are famished. 
We want to feed each and every one of them, but I don't have enough. How do we keep that in our mind? To say, where's that, that extra, the extra funds? Where, what are we doing with the plenty that we have? Locally or, or often in, in Africa, but locally as well. We know the needs in our own area. And for those of you that may not be aware, this body has been a body that says we're going to serve the community. We want to be out there making a difference. We can't always be out on, the, on a missions trip, but we can be right here paying attention to the needs in the body. You know, are there times, and I have to confess to this, <clears throat> the culture is so much, how are you doing today? I'm fine. But if you stop and look at them in the eye, you know that it's just the, the basic statement. They're not fine. But will we take the time to say, are you sure? As Dan said, can I pray for you? Is there something I can pray that you're struggling with? I ask you for a minute. Have you been in a store? Have you been out on the street or someplace? And you're talking with someone, you saw someone, and the Lord says, pray for that person. Have you had that happen? What'd you do? What did you do? Did you stop and pray for them? tell you, I came up short. One specific instance was, and this is the glory of how God works. We were in Guatemala, and we had finished being in the field, so we were going off to get a, actually a cake for the doctor's wife's birthday. And we're walking over to the bakery, and there's a lady sitting there, a, a, a beggar, and the Lord clearly said, stop and pray for her. I made an excuse. I said, I'll catch her on the way back. I didn't. But he was still faithful. Because when we got to the van that we were driving, there was another woman there that needed prayer. See, he said, Lord, I came up short. But you gave me another opportunity. So I say that to say to each one, every one of us, if the Lord's calling you to pray for someone, say yes. Say yes. It's that simple. Get out of your comfort zone. Get, I, had, I had to say, it's my comfort zone, Lord. I like it here. I, I, like, I like this box that I created for myself, and that's where I'm most comfortable. And he says, show you what to do. I'll give you the words. And it's even gotten easier when we go to Brazil. Because I'll see someone that I know needs prayer. I don't have to do the talking. Because the Lord said, I give you a mate. So all you need to do is to tell her what to pray for. <laughs> and she does the work. So he provides, 
And, and that, it has been interesting and just say, in many places, we can just find someone and say, that they're the one that needs to prayer. Okay, next slide, please. So in, in all of this, as I talk about weariness, this, this section in, in Isaiah comes to mind. Do you not know, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. That's in God's word. That's not a fairy tale. That's not something that we should just pass over, but he gives strength to the weary and he increases the power of the weak. Even youth grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Even in the midst of those difficult times, and I know everyone here has had those, and you've probably cried out. And I pray today for each one here, for our families, that when we're in the midst of that, we'll pray that prayer. But also that you have someone that can come alongside, that you have a brother or sister that you feel comfortable in saying, I'm really struggling now. I need someone to come alongside in prayer. That's my prayer for all of us today. So that we can be on our missions, within our family, within our community, wherever we are. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. That's the promise from the Lord. Let us, Lord, grab onto that. And in those days when we're ready to throw up our hands and say, I'm done, I can't do this anymore, I'm just finished for the day, that this psalm will come to mind. That said, he will renew our strength. For you mothers who are raising children, I pray that one for you. Because you need that strength as you're raising the children. You need that strength to be able to deal with the difficult days. You need to be able to stand up on those days when you're not feeling well and you still have duties for the family. I pray that the Lord would provide for you, each and every one. And for those that, of you that are grandparents, you're the ones that have the fun. I, and I saw you holding your grandson last week. That's a special joy. So mothers, when, if your mother is around, be happy in turning them over for a while because your mother will love that and take care of them and then hand them back to you that you get the rest of it. <laughs> uh, would you do the video, please? We just here in Pierrec Clinic today. We start yesterday with old people, and today we we'll take care of the under five kids. Uh, 
as you can see, they are going to receive uh, vaccination and uh, take care of their weight and see their health. So we built this space right now while we extended the clinic. And uh, it is a blessing eh? because from now on, we are taking care of pregnant women uh, under five kids, the family planning, and we are also planning to start with HIV positive people eh? in this clinic, plus the general care. Eh? So it is a blessing. This clinic has been a blessing. It was a blessing that we had uh, the support to renew everything, to remake things. Eh? So we thank God. Thank God for this church. Thank God for your support. May God bless you. And working hard here in Africa, in Malawi. Love you. Bye-bye. Venha conhecer um pouco da nossa escola profissionalizante. One of the other goals and that they had on their heart was how do we make a difference in the lives of these children? They don't have any model. They do not have parents who have been educated. Most cases they have no skills. They certainly do not have much in the way of opportunity. So after years of having the heart to do this, they have now begun to set up a vocational school to be able to give them basic skills, whether it be farming, whether it be sewing, any number of issues that says they can begin to break the cycle of poverty. They can begin to take children and nurture them and show them that there is another way, that not only, not only can they have a job, and have some funds coming in, but they can have Jesus in their lives. So you, you have, again, the combination, as I mentioned with, with Zion, that they're teaching the, world, the, the Christian worldview based on Scripture, and they're saying, put your hands to the plow. Here's what you can do to make a difference. And it's beginning to have an impact. Venha conhecer um pouco da nossa escola profissionalizante. Essa escola é a primeira escola técnica nessa vila. Nesse momento, nós oferecemos cinco cursos. Costura, carpentaria, computação, fotografia e culinária. O curso tem a duração de quatro meses. Nesse momento, nós temos 53 estudantes. Isto são 53 profissionais jovens prontos para o mundo do emprego. Faça parte desse mundo. Are you happy to be here? Yeah! Now, how strike you? That, again, in their position, I think it was five years ago when they began talking about it, saying, we need to do something more than just basic schooling. How do we do that? How do we get it done? They've, they've learned to depend on God. And they're making a difference in lives. So, 
the, the first part was I'm talking about missions and what So Missions does because we want to be able to continue supporting them. For the work that they're doing, we are partners with So Missions. We are one of the, the groups that says, your work is valuable. We believe that in what you're doing and you're going to be changing lives, not for just a day, but for a lifetime. That they will begin to have a life lived in joy and peace and understanding on a biblical basis. So please be praying for them. Please take the time in your day, mark it down someplace that we are praying for so missions, but they're not the only ones. Just briefly, and we've said this before, we support real options on a monthly basis and also at the banquet. It just, hear the stories, and, and Sue was there and several others, just to hear the stories of, of the gentleman who came out of a, the same background, a, a father who was a, a convict, who was on drugs, who beat his mother. And over the years, the change that he's now a pastor, reaching out to people, helping to change lives. This is the time to reinforce not only what we're doing in our own family with our children, and I'll repeat this over and over every time I have a chance, please schedule your day so that you have time to pray with your children, your children and your wife. Make the time to open the Bible and get them to the point where they feel they need the Bible to read that. Those are the good stories, not some of the things they're seeing in the public school. And I'm repeating this one, but I remember meeting a medical doctor from England back around May, and he was telling us that his parents would read stories of the great missionaries in times past. And it so encouraged him <clears throat> that he now spends three days a week in England treating people, but the rest of the week is on the mission support he does in India. So here's the long-term impact. The parents prayed with them. The parents read from books that are positive about how to make a difference in our society. And it resonated, and he's making a difference. Bella is going to the Dominican Republic. And in reading about what, you know, why, why do this? Why encourage teenagers to go on missions trip? There were at least five reasons, but one of them was they learn how to establish relationships. They learn how to work on teams. They turn their attention away from me, 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 to how do I help someone. They can, they can see in other countries what people don't have that still have joy in their life. I can remember when we went to Poland in, in 2016, just watching the teenagers 
just go out, and, and Cleo was there as well, that they went into a uh, nursing home, and they were painting in the nursing home. The, the, the clients in there, they were absolutely thrilled to see someone come in to take care of their place and to talk. Cleo would say this, one lady would come up to her every day and just talk to her in Polish. No idea what she said, but just the fact that said, I have someone to talk to, and they brought them, they brought them apples that came down from the trees, but it, is, it lifts them up. In one of my instances in, in Guatemala, we had come out of the, the field, and it, it's not for everyone, because when you do go out, and Dan, obviously, you just had some recent experiences, you do not have the best accommodations. There is no shower. So you may be three or four days, five days, depending on the trip, with no shower. You may have different foods. I will tell you that when you finally get to the hotel at the end of that for that shower, you enjoy that shower more than you have in a long, long time. But in the conversation with the family, and this was a doctor and his four children that would come on these trips, a doctor that had a job full-time and would come out for a week. He would see up to 100 people in a day. He would preach at night. And then we would go on to the next day. But at the end of it, I remember saying to them, I feel as though we're, we're putting a burden on you. Because you've got to make all of these arrangements. And keep in mind, young lady, that someone in Dominican Republic is going through a lot of effort to make arrangements. Housing, food, transportation, it's taking quite a bit of time, so that needs to be acknowledged. And saying to them, I, I wish we could make it easier on you, because it feels like, a, like we're a burden. And they said, no, no, you don't understand. We have no support from our own countrymen. And when you come here, you take the time to fly here and come here to be with us. You lift us up. Your presence makes a difference in our life and helps us to say, it's worthwhile to go out there again. I have purpose, and I know the Lord is acknowledging it. So even in those cases where we're just coming in, flying in, spending time with him, that can make a difference to those. Not, not just to give the gifts, because one of the articles I read was, depending on if you, it's a repeat visit to some of the locations, they can get used to just the gifts. It isn't just the gifts. It's, in, in Guatemala, it was asking the question, is it okay to hug these children? And the doctor said, please go ahead. They do not get that from their own fathers. That would overjoy them to know that someone just gave them a hug. And my, my dear wife told me when I met her early on, it was some health advice. Hugs are for health. 
And I read recently in, uh, in, in one of the uh, people who are, are coming forward to assist people with su that have suicidal thoughts that says a hug is important to them. But the hug that is needed is at least 20 seconds. Now, for guys, yeah, I, I get your reaction. How comfortable are you in giving a hug? You know, forget, don't even, if you have a wife, not even just your wife. How comfortable are you hugging a guy? Would you do it? Would you do it? We were out on a, on a lunch on one occasion, a business lunch, and Cleo was there. And she said, we're going to pray grace. So we all held hands, and we were with the, the VP of the department. And he said, after the grace, I've never held hands with a guy before. I said, it's okay. You know, you'll be okay. It, your hand didn't fall off. It's perfectly okay. But, but these are areas about the weariness. Again, I want to close this on the, on the weariness point. We all grow weary. We all grow tired. There are things in our life that come up regularly. Our brother Chris, that Daryl mentioned, his dear wife is going to be out of commission up to five weeks, maybe six weeks. At this point, she cannot lift her hand. He said it's okay. To, she had implanted both a, uh, a heart monitor and a defibrillator. So two pieces of electrical equipment are now in her. That takes time to recover. She won't be able to drive for three months. And now the prayers, the operation's done. But is that going to take care of the problem that she was having? So please keep Judy Berger in your prayer, and Chris, as he supports her. So on the note of weariness again, we so need God first and foremost. Again, he is the one that gives us the strength. We need to turn to him in all cases. But in this body, we need to be standing together and being prepared to say, I will give up of my time to spend time with that brother or sister that needs something, that just needs someone to listen to them, that needs someone that says, I care for you. You are loved. God loves you and I love you. Guys, how often or have you ever said to another male friend, I love you? Has that been a hurdle? It was for me. I never, I, I never really heard that in my family. So to get to the point where you could say to a man, I love you, it was strange. It was just something that wasn't in my practices. But by the grace of God, it says, why not do that? Let them know. Be brave. Be bold in this case. Get the boldness from the Lord. So I hope you'll keep missions in mind. And dare I say that if there is interest in a missions trip, if there is interest, let, let us know, let me know.
because there are places we can go. Foreign, but there's a lot more opportunity right here, right here in our own area. This is our missions field. The Lord has planted us here. And one of the things that we have is in the group is, is in Jeremiah 29.7. It says, pray for the prosperity of the city. Plant your, your homes. Be here to reach out to people. Be the ones that are willing to say, I will put my hand to the plow, Lord. When you call, let me be the one that says, Yes, and amen, Lord. I'm done. We need some prayer. Lord, Lord, thank you that we here have the freedom to just come before you. The freedom to praise the one true God. The knowledge that Jesus Christ died for we who were sinners and he called us unto salvation. That by his blood we are healed. And from that there is a commission. Lord, it's, it's not for us to just sit back in, in, as the word says, in our mansions up on the hills and lament how terrible it is in, in the world down in the valleys. Lord, you have called us. You have called each and every one of us. You've commissioned us to reach out to those that are in need. You have given us gifts. Lord, I know that I know that every person here and that's maybe listening on YouTube, they have been called to do your work. Lord, show them what you want of them. Lord, shine your light on their path for each and every one of us. <coughs> we may walk that narrow path that leads to the gate to heaven. Lord, heaven is, is not the goal right now, but your people, the lost, the ones without hope, <coughs> the ones who are weary. Lord, <coughs> infuse us with your spirit, with your love, with your heart to go out and touch lives. Lord, we pray for it. Roberto, <clears throat> and for all of the people that support that missions, Lord, we pray that funds will be coming in, that they will be able to train more, touch more lives, medically treat people, build houses, dig wells in Africa. But Lord, help us to dig the wells here. Help us to be 
those who were prepared to to be that loving friend that comes alongside in the midst of difficulty. Help us, Lord, to be faithful servants that can be trusted, trusted through you and and in our, our friends and our associations. Determined to carry out the the work that you've set before us. Lord, we pray that we would devote that time to seeking you, that we would hear your voice. Lord, with all of the noise that we hear, with everything going on in the world at this point, Lord, more and more we just need to hear your voice. So open us up to you, Lord, that our eyes may see, our ears may hear what you are about. Lord, move on every person in this room today, in your sanctuary today, and the hearing on the YouTube, Lord, that they may be encouraged to go forward, to say, yes, Lord, I'm prepared to serve you wherever you send us. Lord, help us to break out of our own comfort zone where we would say, well, we're, we're not a, a missionary, we're, we're not an evangelist, we're, we're not a disciple. We're, Lord, we are all of those things because you've said we are. So Lord, break down the walls. Help us to break down these walls, the stuff that my brother spoke about. Help us to break down every wall that we may be open to you, that we may stand forth and say, we love you. We have a message for you that Jesus Christ is the answer to your problems. There is good news in Jesus Christ. Lord, let us not go about condemning people, but loving them and saying, we have something for you, and his name is Jesus, because he makes changes that no one else can make. Lord, thank you for this day. Lord, thank you for Bella coming forward to share about her trip. Lord, we pray that the whole class that goes will be abundantly blessed and that their lives would be changed forevermore in what they see and what they do, that they truly would become the leaders in the church, the leaders in government, the leaders in business, wherever you send them, Lord. But let it be based on the scripture, on the word of God, that they may be righteous and upright and moral and loving and kind and gentle in all that they do. For this we thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.